Well, hey there, everyone. Happy New Year. Let's get into some predictions about 2024. Welcome to Clienting. Well, hey, everyone. It's your old pal Grant Sanders here at the Sand Studio and the Clienting Podcast. And I am so, I'm very, very excited for 2024. We're recording this in the uh, first few days of 2024. And, and um, back at the beginning of last month, I sent a note out on social media to some folks about, you know, what do they see? What are some predictions they see for 2024? And I got a reply from a guy I know named Jeff Bard. Jeff, I've known Jeff for six or seven years. We served on the Ad Club board in Connecticut a little bit. We worked for competing ad agencies, but we stayed in touch and had lunch and coffee a few times. And I really trust his insights. He's got a lot of energy. He's super smart. He sees the future with clarity. He's easy to talk to. He would make a great clienting podcast guest. So he's on the list for people to talk to in the clienting podcast in in the coming year. So, you know, let, before we talk about Jeff's predictions for 2024, I'm going to make a list of his predictions and I'm going to react to them. I'm just going to talk a little bit about what I saw in 2023, and maybe this will help with the trend line a little bit. First of all, I saw a lot of fear and loathing among creative people and strategy people and people who are in the agency business on forums like Fishbowl. Now, generally speaking, those types of forums tend to bias toward the negative a little bit. So you kind of have to expect people to be complaining about their lot in life on Fishbowl and other places. But, you know, there are a lot of dissatisfied, unhappy people in the creative service industry. A lot of people who see agency life as it's something that they were tricked into. Um, they were sold a lifestyle that um, they don't necessarily agree with anymore. And let's be clear, a agency life is hard. It can be very difficult. So that's what I see um, in places like Fishbowl. I also see that lead gen seems to be the way that agencies are focusing on growth these days. And But I'm not sure anybody's really doing it right. I'm not sure anybody's really applying their creative thinking to the lead gen problem. A lot of agencies are creating content and putting it out on social media, but it tends to be things like let's celebrate our people's birthdays. And I'm not sure there's really anything out there that's valuable that makes me want to follow them on social media. If anybody is out there doing something really good in social, I would love to hear about it. If, um, But I follow a bunch of agencies and they they tend to, I don't know, they tend to just put a lot of things on social media that don't really speak to their expertise or speak to their ability to meet their clients' needs or provide any new novel solutions or any ideas that aren't just sort of the run of the mill. It's a lot of, you know, like I said, birthdays and holidays and things like that, which, you know, if you've lost your... If you've lost your will to live in the creative world, um, that's what you end up doing is a lot of expected stuff on social media. But, you know, here's another trend that I see that's, that's 
pretty much speaks to that downturn in creativity in the agency world. And that is that nobody's really burning up the track when it comes to creativity in 2023. Nobody really did anything terribly new or different or novel or interesting. The media played a huge role in that, but it's, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to point to anything that I saw in 2023 that was particularly fresh and novel. You know, there was some good, quote unquote, good work out there, but nothing that made me wish I had come up with that idea. You know, that's my, that's my litmus test. If I feel a little bit envious that I didn't come up with that idea, that's how I, that's how I judge whether creative work is good or not. If I wish I worked for that agency or wish I had some relationship with those creative people, then then I know that it's a, a good piece of work. But I didn't really see that in 2023. And, you know, I'm just one guy with one radar screen. So if you saw some good work in 2023, let me know. I'd love to hear about it. Um, and I'd like to hear why you think it's good work. But, you know, check out my rant on last year's Super Bowl. Generally speaking, the work was uniformly bad. Nothing really even close to groundbreaking, which is a little bit sad. But, you know, you see that everywhere. You see that on social media. You see that You see that in on TV. You know, nobody's doing anything crazy good. In 2023, another thing that happened was I saw a little bump in my business. I saw a little 20% increase in growth, which was nice. Um, I launched a new site uh, at digsand.com. And you can go to my old site at sand.agency and read about the philosophy behind changing the URL and changing my positioning slightly. I changed my positioning from an agency to a studio. Uh, I used to think that I could grow sand into an agency, but I'm starting to think that agencies are good at some things, but they're not good at the things that I want to do. And I can go into that later. Call me up. We can have a we can pour a cup of coffee on either end of the phone and we can talk about that. So anyway, Jeff Mard's predictions for 2024, which I thought were great. And, you know, it was just something he's he's got such a, a fast brain that he just rattled this stuff off in two minutes on his way to a meeting. Uh, I'm going to react to his his predictions and hopefully we can get him on the podcast in 2024 and, and talk further about some of these things or maybe just focus on one of them and really, really get into um, into his thinking on some of these things. And I think it'd probably be the first one, which is he thinks that 2024 will see a rise in the number of independent specialty agencies out there. And this makes perfect sense. Um, it's been a trend for a couple of years now. And let's face it, independent specialty agencies are better positioned to succeed in this business climate than general agencies, just because they can charge more for their expertise. Their expertise is not interchangeable with the expertise of others because they're specialized, because they have a niche, because they focus. They are very narrow, but they're very deep. And I've talked about this a bunch in the past. And the reason they can succeed is they can charge more for their work. They don't necessarily have to build their business on the backs of junior creatives, although some do. But the reason they can charge more for their work is because they become a secret weapon that their clients wield because of their agency's specialization. 
they they have the insight they've got they've got the special sauce um, so yeah i agree with uh jeff's prediction more indie specialty agencies will join the ranks um in 2024 that's highly likely another you know sort of the flip side of that coin and another prediction of jeff's is um uh mid-market often regional agencies are going to fail at a larger at a faster rate and i think this is likely true although it's more likely that some will fail and some will struggle uh mightily (laughs) just because it's like i said in the beginning of this podcast it's it's very unusual to see a a mid-market agency that has figured out lead gen sufficiently you know that the they're at a funny they're at a funny size you know when i say mid-market agencies they're probably 50 to 125 employees right and they're probably regionally based. Maybe they have a, an office in another part of the country, but they tend to be the agencies that have grown because of one or two clients. And, you know, they have that they have that client balance problem that a lot of agencies have. You know, they, they have to basically live and breathe according to the whims of their one giant client or two giant clients. And... Um, they find it very hard to compete with agencies that are bigger than them, the big holding company agencies, and the agencies that are smaller than them, which, you know, tends to include those specialty agencies we talked about a little bit before. And, you know, meeting that payroll of 50 people every month is a is very hard. <laughs> you know, it's it's a it's a pressure that I would never put on myself. So, in this marketplace, Unless you, if you are a mid-sized, middle market, regional agency, you probably don't have a very strong positioning, a very focused position. You're not specializing in anything. And so it's very hard to hang your hat on anything. You know, I see these agencies struggling um, for a while, at least. Uh, There was a time, maybe late 90s, early 2000s, when those middle market agencies were doing very well because they could attract good creative talent and they could attract brands that were sick of a lot of the agency consolidation that was going on back in the early 90s and uh you know that 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 was a good time for middle market agencies but now they're getting squeezed and like i said that's a tough payroll to meet every so and then another prediction of jeff's is holding companies will acquire more agencies and that's another trend that's been going on for the last oh i don't know decade maybe um Holding companies just really, you know, they make money because they have more bodies than the other guys. You know, and every human being that's working on client business out there nets those holding companies big bucks. Um, It's just a numbers game at that point. You are listening to Clienting, the podcast for anyone who wants to improve the state of the client creative relationship. If you like clienting, please tell a friend and visit us at client-ing.com and review us on iTunes. Now back to our show. I, you know, from a creative standpoint, it's kind of like where creativity goes to die. These big holding company agencies, these big, big network agencies. I know they do a lot of big uh, big budget and high visibility work, but it's uniformly awful. 
as I've said. Um, and as a client, I unless you feel good about paying a premium for mediocre work, I am not sure I understand why you are working with a holding company network of agencies. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I don't see the real benefit there. Maybe you find that their their channels, their delivery suits your needs from the, you know, the size and heft of your brand needs that kind of network of agencies. But for me, you know, I focus a lot on the work because that's what I've done for decades, right? It's about the work. It's about the creativity. It's about the quality of the work. It's about the audience and getting the audience excited. And I'll be the first to admit that the accounting side of the agency business does not excite me in the least, you know, like, um, I send my bills out on time or, you know, maybe a week or two late, but, uh, but it's not really the thing that gets me excited in this business, a new client problem to solve that gets me excited. But, um, so clients, if you have a solid reason to work with these big holding company agencies and, and big network agencies, let me know. I would love to understand why, why it's so attractive to some people. Um, next, next prediction, in-house agencies will take a hit as they need more specialized services and hire indie startups. And I can see why Jeff is predicting this because he's probably seeing it in his own business. And um, that makes perfect sense for that to happen. Um, it's, it's perfectly plausible that this will come to be, but I also see another force in the marketplace that might change this prediction a little bit. Um, I see, like I said at the beginning, I see a huge amount of dissatisfaction among creative people who are working in the agency space. They're working long hours. They are, they're not getting the bonuses we once got in the agency business. They are not getting the, they're not getting the training that we once got in the agency business. It's very hard to find a situation where you love your manager. It's, it's an anxiety ridden business at this point. And I think that there are plenty of creative folks who are looking to jump from the agency world to the brand side and maybe get some good pay, maybe get better benefits, maybe have a saner lifestyle. You know, the people that I know that work for big brands, um, and I know folks in insurance companies and retail companies and, and, and other large brands in the Boston area, the New York area, th they tend to be happier in their daily life. They, they tend to have more of balance in their regular life. And that, you know, that's great. And also, you know, the brand side has a little bit more security than the agency side. The, the, the bumps tend to be a little less lumpy on the brand side than the agency side. Although, you know, it's not, nothing's perfect, but I think that it is possible for these in-house agencies to find great talent out there right now and give these specialty agencies a run for their money. I think it's possible to see uh, great creative people going to work on the brand side and doing great things. And, you know, we, we've had people like Tim Brunel and uh, Teresa Hurd on the podcast um, last year just to talk about their experience on the brand side. And and there there are a dozen or more great creative folks that I can name that have gone from the agency world to the brand world. 
and have been very happy. So I think that that is possibly something that could have an impact on in-house agencies taking a hit. In-house agencies could see a new renaissance, a new resurgence. They could see a real plus in 2024. They don't necessarily have to. I mean, there's problems on the on the inside as, as well as the agency side. Uh, the brand side is not free from difficult situations for the creative people, uh, but it's a little bit better. So enough about that. So another thing that, that Jeff predicts for 2024 is he's, he says we're going to see more original scripted content in social media and in streaming services um, that will be underwritten by brands. And I hope this is the case because, you know, I talk to a lot of creative people that bemoan the the loss of the good old days in the ad business when we could, you know, work on a creative project like a TV commercial or even a radio commercial. And we would have big budgets and we would get to travel to, you know, Hollywood or New York or some location shoot and shoot something amazing and stay in a nice hotel. And, you know, those days are... Those days are kind of over. The budgets in TV have dropped. Um, The budgets overall have dropped because the media is more segmented, more stratified. And there's more media now than there's ever been. Every day we hear about a new social media platform that's offering advertising opportunities. So, yeah, more original scripted content in streaming services and on social media, that's a good thing. That would be great. I'd love to see that happen. You know, I go to social media and streaming platforms and I don't see anything that's terribly new and novel. And I I hope that the brands out there that, you know, are looking to sometime in the near future, fill up my prime video feed with ads. I hope they want to do good ads because we go to prime video to be entertained. So please brands, please do good advertising, create great content that is compelling and interesting and novel and different. Don't try to do the same old thing, okay? Thank you, please. Don't fill up my prime feed with bleck, you know? It's an opportunity. Seize the opportunity. Okay, next prediction from Jeff Mard. Um, and this is kind of a no-brainer. It's, it's, it's going to be true for this year and next year and maybe a couple of years after that. Um, raising capital is going to continue to be very hard. And, you know, we've had it really good for the last 20 years. Um, Easily 20 years of low interest rates and plenty of venture capital out there. And a lot of businesses have started and flourished. A lot of businesses have started and been funded and have gone belly up. Um, The unicorns out there have made all the other startups look great, look like a bargain. Um, but these days with interest rates where they are and with money being tight, it's very hard to get funding for cool new thing, right? And, you know, I'm old enough to remember when interest rates were at the levels they are now and funding was not easily attained and it was a tough time, you know, and I'm talking about like the eighties, right? Uh, and in that time period, the, the mid to late eighties, you know, even, I was just a kid in the 70s, but still, 70s, 80s, and early 90s, creativity was a big deal. Creativity became the thing that set brands apart. It wasn't the amount of money they could raise or spend, right? It wasn't the amount of media they could buy. 
It was about being different, about positioning themselves in a different way, about being strategically unsettling or strategically new and novel. So brands needed brand loyalty back then because money and growth capital was hard to get. And so maybe the fact that money's going to be tight this year and next year, maybe that's a good thing for creativity. Maybe brands will lean on their creative people to be the difference maker in this business. It's not going to be, you know, for every brand in every industry, but I think there's a real opportunity here for creative luminaries, big thinkers that are out there. All right. Uh, the next prediction is, and this is a good prediction, it's, it's hard to argue with this prediction. Olympics and political cycle will drive the cost of media up. We've seen it in past election years and past Olympic years. And this will lead more brands to think about original content that we've already talked about in social and streaming services. Create your own media, essentially, or use the media that is earned um, but not owned, right? And I, you know, I hope this is true. I hope that the fact that media inventory is tight leads to more creative opportunities. Um, that would be really great. I, I know that the last two political presidential elections have been so rancorous and awful that, you know, I may just crawl under a rock and stay there till mid-November. I'm not looking forward to this year. Um, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to embargo the news in my brain and not pay attention to it too much. I know who I'm voting for and I know how I hope the election will go, but just, just paying attention to all of the awful stuff that's going on in the political world these days is, is just going to make me sick and it's going to make a lot of other people sick. So I'm going to embargo the news this year and, uh, you know, traditional inventory, it's going to be hard to fit that into our budgets this year. It's going to like, like Jeff said, it's going to drive the cost of media up. Um, non-Olympic sports buys baseball and basketball and maybe even the Super Bowl this year are going to look like a bargain compared to the rest of the inventory that's out there. Um, we're going to see a lot of pharmaceutical ads, I'm sure. I, I think I would love to get a media professional on the podcast to talk about, you know, this crazy year that we're seeing. I have a couple people in mind, some folks I've worked with in the past. So maybe I can make that happen. Let's, uh, let's if, you, if you think that's a good idea, let me know. Okay. And then the last prediction that Jeff Mard makes, and it's a good one for me. Um, is the creative will eat strategy for lunch. He says, I know you'll agree with this one. People want to be entertained. Absolutely true. And also, we are hit with a gazillion messages on social media, on TV, on, you know, when we open up our podcasts, when, when we listen to our audiobooks, when we, when we consume media, we are hit with thousands and thousands and thousands of marketing messages. And the ones that are entertaining, the ones that spark some thinking in our brains, the ones that mean something to us that are relevant to our lives, those are the ones that are going to succeed. And, but unfortunately, or fortunately for us creative people, there's a lot of awful stuff out there. And I, you know, I would differ with, with Jeff a little bit on this last prediction in that he says creative eats strategy for lunch. And I would say that when creative and strategy go together, when 
you have a strategy that uncovers a killer insight, something that really makes the creative sing, really something that you can use as a foundation on which to build a great creative idea, then that's the best situation altogether. I know I've, I've read enough briefs in my day to know when a brief doesn't have a good insight in it and we're just satisfying a need to put a message out into the marketplace. And when, you know, there's a real hard-won insight that we can build a creative campaign on, that, the, that's a very different situation. But I see, I see opportunities, and this is a prediction I'll make. I'm going to say the agencies that win in 2024 are going to be the ones that write really great strategies that allow creative people to build really novel creative work. It's one of the reasons I've expanded my offering to offer strategy. I would say strategy is important to me, uh, and especially strategy that allows you to tell a story and create great design and do some creative work with some art. So I, I think that's a fantastic prediction, and let's make it all come true in 2024. There's a lot more that's going to happen in 2024, but I think these this is the... This is the um, the broad strokes that I think we can look out for in the coming year. I hope that everyone has a fantastic 2024. I hope you are as excited for the coming year as I am. And, um, you know, I'd love to hear what your predictions are for 2024. So anyway, until next time, this is Grant Sanders saying, be well. You've been listening to Clienting, the podcast for anyone who wants to improve the state of client creative relationships. For more, visit us at client-ing.com and sign up to receive helpful info about making the work better. That's the goal, better work. The Clienting Podcast was produced by Ray McSriff with help from Scott Dork and edited by Bobson Dugnut and Willie Dustis. Technical support by Mike Truck. Music by Anatoly Smorin. Creative support from Sonny Sanders and Tony Smerick. Special thanks to Anson Sweeney and Kevin Nogilny and the amazing Lisa Furland. This is your host, Grant Sanders. See you next time.